Hello and a warm welcome to Be A Bigger Fish. I'm Debbie and I'm your host. This episode is a conversation I captured with award-winning Agile coach Shelby Wilson. So Shelby and I were colleagues in the past and it was really exciting for me to see on Shelby's LinkedIn profile that she's about to launch a podcast all about Agile. So I couldn't wait to catch up with her and find out more about her Agile career and why she's decided to launch a podcast. It gave me the opportunity to ask Shelby plenty of questions about the methodologies that sit under the umbrella of Agile and to find out which of those are most helpful in a podcaster's workflow. So if you're wondering at all what Agile is all about and what the methodologies under Agile are and how they work, Shelby tells you that in this podcast. And also, if you are a podcaster, you're able to pick up plenty of tips and tricks from Shelby about how to make your workflow more effective. So let's get into the conversation. I am thrilled to welcome Shelby to the podcast today. So welcome, Shelby. Hi, Debbie. How are you? I'm really good. Are you? Good. Good. Yes. Good. In the crazy times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Maybe it would be a good start if you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, hi, I'm uh, Shelby Wilson. I'm what they call an Agile coach. Agile is an iterative approach to project management and sort of software product development. It's been around for some time now, around about ooh, 20, 30 years, much longer than that in the, in the traditional sort of IT software development realms. But certainly in mainstreams now, it's it's certainly at the forefront. So yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, brilliant. And and how did you get into Agile? Oh, wow, that this is now this is a little bit of a story. So I actually come from a contracts management background and I got made redundant and I fell into finance. Um, I started working at Barclays and I was in the operations department because I had some contract and legal law so that I could do some some legal litigation for for Bartley's and started looking at all the litigation files very much within a couple of months well about a year or two I got really really bored and sort of starting to tear my hair out and I'm saying to my manager I need something else to do I sat in operations for a little while and one day he approached me and said how do you fancy going downstairs to IT and I said what 10 computers on and off and he said no he said to go down into the change function and I said what are you on about? I said, surely they just turn computers on and off. He's like, no, let's go down and have a talk. I think you'll find it's a bit more interesting and think it's a bit up your, more up your stream. And I started off as a, what they call a project coordinator. I went in to look after four project managers as their project coordinator, which meant organising their life, arranging meetings, facilitation, anything that they needed to help them achieve their goal of delivering a project, which then got me thinking, oh, I kind of really like this. This is kind of where I, I, I live and it will become apparent why I like that kind of stuff. So was there for four years. And so I then transitioned from being a project coordinator to a PMO analyst, which I didn't like at all because PMO analysts are very governance, heavy based financials and sort of like do all the financial side of project management for the project managers. Believe it or not, working finance, I don't really like figures. <laughs> but... <laughs> It just didn't do anything for me. So I very quickly then thought, oh, well, I actually like the project management side. And at that time, rather than us going in, it was just as, as Barclays was starting their Agile trans- transformation journey into Agile, that 
I was like, oh, that sounds very interesting. What's that? And my boss kindly said, oh, why don't you get involved in the, in the Agile Transformation team? Let's do it. Go off-site, the, you know, big bunch of us off-site with these Agile coaches at the time telling us what this... And I was like, oh, no, never. This is never going to sit, never going to work for project management. I don't know what the hell, hell you're talking about. No, it's never going to work. Then they got talking about the roles. And in, in, in Agile project management, there's a number of roles, product owner, scrum master, and then the Agile coach, and then the team. And the team consists of various different other roles. And I thought, oh, a product owner sounds really interesting. I've got contract legal knowledge. I'm, I'm fascinated. I still want to be part of this transformation team. I can still learn about product ownership. I go on a course, etc. So I went off, did my course on product ownership, thought I was going to be a great product owner. And actually, the coach at the time said, no, Shelby, you'll actually be a great scrum master. And eventually, you'll become a great coach. So I was like, oh, scrum master? What's that? Do I play rugby, being Welsh? <laughs> Like, he was like, no, 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 no. This is the person that facilitates and organises the team and supports the team and removes any of their problems and makes sure that the team are continuously working out throughout the day to try and get a product to market, market in quick iterations rather than it being that linear waterfall approach, which is very sort of, it goes to one department, next department, next department. You'll be the person that will be organising and facilitating that. I was like, oh, that really spikes my interest because when I was a project coordinator and I loved that organization, that fell into the scrum master role. So very quickly went off and, and started the path of becoming a scrum master. Loved it. Absolutely thought this is this is my foray. It's about helping and supporting people to do the best in their working environment, to be in work feeling like they are attached to a project that's delivering real value to customers and not only that values themselves like they're actually inputting something into that project that they know is going to go to our customer and they've successfully had a great day right without any issues or any problems yeah went on that journey had a couple of teams etc and then I was like to my agile coach well what's the next step because I want to do more and he was like well the next step's a coach but I'm here and oh okay I don't want to you know take your job but I kind of do and he's like right well you need to kind of get into the coaching realm so I went off and started learning about coaching not just in 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 agile but just coaching in general I've got a great belief that yes I can I can coach in one fashion in one manner to one set of people but actually people are very different so coaching covers very in different realms so I'm the type of person that just doesn't like lying on laurels and think, well, I've just got to know about one type of coaching. I want to know about it all. So NLP and scientific coaching and one-to-one mentorship. And, you know, it just covers around. And I kind of went into that journey. And then I got a job at TSB as their agile coach. And also, if they needed me to be also the scrum master. And that's where I've been for the last three years. I've been with Insight TSB trying to help them on their transition to pick up their agility journey. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. And I think we should say that we actually met each other 10 years ago because we were both working in the bank at the same time, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I knew Debbie, um, I know you a long time now, long time. And we always, always talked in, in Barclays and we always got on really well. So it was my absolute pleasure to come and come and be on your podcast and, and have a chat with you. Yeah, oh, I'm delighted. I'm delighted that we've got the opportunity to chat and record it. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So 
You, you spoke quite a lot about the things that you love about Agile. Is that about the fact you can help people to feel better in their job or help people to achieve what they're trying to achieve? What is it really that you love about that? No, I, I think it's more the, the first um, sentence. I think it's more about helping people achieve stuff, not necessarily getting something to market because, I, you know, I think we can all do that without any methodology. I think companies are driven to get product to customers. For me, it's it's helping somebody see a different way of working, getting something done a lot quicker than they traditionally would have, working a different, slightly different way than they consistently have before, and maybe looking outside the box and asking them those questions that say, well, you, okay, you've traditionally done this. How about trying to train this? Or how about that? And what would happen if you did this? And how does that make you feel? And then seeing them come back to me at the end of the day or a week later or a year later, I've had that and say, do you know what? I just kind of did something different or out of the box, which is what Agile, Agile is about experimenting and adapting. And actually when people then do that, and they can produce something great to market for a customer, and they've done done that via their line of work. That is a great sense of achievement. It's it's almost like seeing you know your Christmas present on Christmas Day, and you open it up, and there's something nice inside. That's that that whelming feeling. That for me, it's the people and that feeling that they get is why I love what I do. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. To so somebody who's never encountered Agile before, what would be a sort of nutshell description of what it is? Oh, oh, so actually, let's let's debunk this first of all. Actually, Agile is not the methodology. Lots of people assume when you say Agile that, that, that that's the methodology. And actually, Agile isn't. Agile is, is the overvaluing principle umbrella that sits over a number of different methodologies that are underneath that umbrella. And those values and principles are great things like collaboration, open and honesty, transparency, working together, courage to do something different, working better together rather in silos, you know, rather than having hefty processes, thinking how you can better that. So the the methodologies that sit under there, there's thousands. Well, there are thousands in the industry over the years, but the main ones are sort of things like Scrum, (laughs) which I love being Welsh, Kanban, Lean, there's a bit of DevOps, which is development and operation teams working together rather than siloed. And then there's heavier weight methodologies, SAFE, which is a, a scaled framework of some of those lighter frameworks I just talked about. And basically, you pick one of those methodologies to kind of use. They all have different values and principles against them, but the overarching agile principles and values sort of sit and guide them. They are all about working collaboratively together to get something iteratively built and out to market quicker than you would do if you were using a traditional waterfall method. Yeah, right, right. And iteratively, that's a word I know people use quite a lot. But that just basically means that you try something out and if it doesn't work, you get feedback and you try it again a different way. Is that right? If you take something like the Scrum Framework, it's based on a set of what we call ceremonies or events and they're done over a two-week cycle. So on a Monday, you would start what they call sprint planning. And that sprint planning session, um, you'd have a product owner telling you what they want us to kind of their highest priority so for example if it's a if it's a cup we are trying to get to market that cup might have a handle to it and actually that's his highest priority for that sprint cycle the team will discuss how they do that work for that sprint cycle and then they go off and do that work 
a scrum master will facilitate that happening. And then, then they have a number of other events that happen. So they have something called a daily stand-up, stand which is a time box session that happens. It's r- roughly around 15 minutes with the team where they talk about what they've done that day and what they're doing the following day, or whether they've got any problems. And the Scrum Master will take those problems off them to sort out. And that goes through that two-week cycle until you get to the very end. The team then have completed that handle and they, they then have a sprint demo. And they show all the stakeholders you told us you wanted this cup handle. Here's the cup handle. Give us feedback. They take all that feedback, bundle it up. They go into what they call a sprint retrospective. Many of its agile methodologies um, are all about continuous improvement and development. So that sprint retrospective falls nicely into that because, again, that's feedback from the team to say how that sprint cycle happened. You take all of that information and you go into the next sprint cycle and go back into sprint planning. You take all of that information with you to make that next sprint cycle better than the first one. And that continues until you develop the whole cup. Now, in Waterfall, that's a bit more linear. It's a bit more, that cup will come into the development team somewhere in the business. They'll try and get approval. When it goes to a couple of boards, um, and then it comes into the into into the test te- team or to the develop, development team first. They'll scope what they call scope it out and have a look at it and say, yeah, it's viable. We can do it. We'll give you a quote how long it will take. Then it goes back to the development to another team, and then it comes back into the development team and then goes maybe go somewhere else. And actually, before you know it, then that cup's taking you three years to get to market. All your competitors have already got that cup to market, and you're behind the curve. Where Agile and its many methodologies allows you to develop something off that cup, get the feedback from your customers ASAP, and if it's what they want, you you build upon it, you make it better, and that's what Agile and its many methodologies allows you to do. It sounds like communication is critical throughout all of those processes. Would you say that's the case? Oh my God, totally. Without speaking, without that conversation from everybody, all that feedback, it, Agile and its many methodologies has many feedback loops at varying different stages through all of its methodologies. Without that, it, it probably wouldn't work. How do you manage all of that information flow, Shelby, when you're in the middle of a project? So, so for us, we have varying different Agile tools that we use, lots of onboard stuff, sort of tools like Aslan Jira, which helps us with the flow of work going through the team, through to, to Confluence, which is a project management site that allows the team to put all their feedback, their notes, the document designs and any test results all up on, onto that so anybody can log in and read it. Good Agile teams, though, will have their development and products and diagrams on display. We like Agile teams to be very visual and very open with all their stuff. So put it on display. So if you go into a great office that's got a great Agile team setup, you'll have what they call information radiators. They'll be up on the walls. There'll be diagrams. There'll be pictures. There'll be what we call personas. And a persona is a customer. When we develop our product, we, have to, we, we think about customer first. Right. We look at a customer and say, well, how, how will that customer use it? And so we'll put a persona up on a wall and say, you know, I'll be like, team, does your persona think that they're going to be able to use that product? And then it's good things like 
in the retrospectives, we 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 ask a couple of sets of questions to generate conversation because all that feedback is 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 vital. And then likewise, a good scrum master, a good product owner will communicate out via email, like a newsletter type. So it's a two-way information flow. I love that visual element. I have to say, you sometimes drive past high-rise buildings, you can see like a thousand post-it notes on the back of a yeah. window, and I think, oh, they've gone through Agile. <laughs> so, oh, gotcha. We love in, in the Agile realm. If you haven't got a post-it note somewhere, then are you even doing <laughs> Agile? Because they're good information um, points, you know. We, we, can, we can put a lot of information on a sticky post-it note and put it up on a wall so people can see it. We do great visualizations of a customer journey by that. You know, we start off at the end of the product and say, well, here's what we want to develop. So we put a sticky note up saying that's the end product. And then we kind of map journeys backwards off it. You know, so we call that story mapping in the agile realm just so that we can we can visualize where the, the happy path and the unhappy path of that, that development of, of the, that product. Sticky notes are uh, uh, the way forward, I believe. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there are so many lessons from this, I think, we can take for, for internal communicators, for ah. podcasters. You know, there's so many different techniques, I think, that people could extract totally. from that and, and use. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I use Agile and its many methodologies in all my walks of life. I I don't just do it as a job. I'm very fortunate that I've actually found a vocation and I love it. I'm, I'm very passionate about Agile and what it can do. It's kind of it's organisational, communicational style. So I use a little method called Kanban. Kanban is about pull and flow. And believe it or not, we all do it without realising it. Now, Kanban is a lot more than that. And it, we could spend hours talking about it. But the basics of it is that you, you start off with something in a to-do list and it goes to a done list. Now, ladies and some men, if you're anything like us all, and when we go shopping, we will write a list. It says to-do and you tick it and that tick visualizes your you've done you picked it up you put it in your trolley well that's what kanban is you have something to do to develop and then when it's done it goes into the done column so i do that for holidays i do it for parties i do it for friends birthdays <laughs> i've done it for my own podcast i use lean so when i buy a house and i have done i've gone in and gone Okay, so my quickest route to, to the kitchen is X, Y, and Z. Well, what can I do to mitigate that? And I look at lean. Lean, believe it or not, is actually an agile process. And I look at lean and think, All right, okay, well, what steps can I mitigate? What waste can I take out of there? Where's my time time management here? Where's get the quickest way to get to the fridge? <laughs> the front door once I come in to get the wine. That's some of the stuff that... that it's kind of become embedded in me from, from Agile, you know. I don't just use it to go into work and, and build better products for our customers. I use it to communicate. I use it to plan, organise and facilitate my life and somewhat of my husband's too without oh. him realising it. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, we all know now, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. So watch out now. Quite a high-profile person in the agile world, to be fair, Shelby, oh, aren't you? Tell us about some of the achievements and milestones that you've made over the years. I've been very fortunate, even though I'm a baby in the world, agile realm, to win a couple of awards. I won best agile newcomer and best scrum professional. Um, 2017, 2016-17, stroke 17. Yes, because it was at the end of the year for the following year. They kind of carry that title. Um, yeah, so I was a bit 
nominated by a load of people in the industry and then obviously it goes to a voting panel and then they they vote and you have to go and have a chat and talk and yeah it's all very scary so yeah I I, I I kind of won them but I don't like <laughs> I don't really like to talk about them much because again I do think that I am that baby and there's so many other people out there that are so well deserved of them yeah but congratulations on that that's a great Thank achievement and, and you should be rightly proud so yeah, yeah well done Still a lot to learn to, to more recently i've received a couple of nominations to go and sit on the board of directors for the scrum alliance uh, scrum alliance is our uh, governing body is a governing body in the agile realm there's a few out there scrum alliance from org i sit in the realm of scrum alliance no particular reason not chosen one over the other it was just that my coach took me down that path yeah and then I've received a nomination to go and sit on the board of directors so amazing 500 word application to say why I want to do that and for me it's two reasons really one it's to give back to the community that I love which I have a undying passion for and the other reason is is that I feel the, the world I live in which is finance is very underrepresented in, in, in Agile because Agile is traditionally and typically known for software IT development. But actually, as it goes mainstream into finance, into, into other areas and in other industries, finance is not represented. And I feel that being that I've been in the industry in finance for now 15 years plus, I feel I can give a good indication of what the other side looks like. Yeah. So fingers crossed, I'll, I'll hear shortly about that. Congratulations on the nomination, first of all, and, and good luck. I'll be I'll be watching out on LinkedIn to see how that goes. <laughs> You'd be brilliant. You'd be brilliant. And that's a really interesting point, actually, about agile adoption in different sectors, because like you say, it's kind of got its roots in IT in the tech world, hasn't it? But it's quite a challenge to yeah. get other people to, to really embrace the benefits of it. Totally. And that that's really hard that's the the hardest thing is, is something that loves agile you know going into an organization or speaking to other people that don't use it or believe it belongs to one sector having that conversation with them and saying well actually believe it or not there's many methodologies and actually you can adopt some of them or some of its principles and values and take them into your realm to enable you to have a better way of working it's not until you have that conversation with somebody that they realize yeah we, we possibly can we might not adopt it all but we can pick up one or two two things that might assist our companies to do it better yeah even just a small contribution to somebody's you know workflow or sense of achievements or whatever can be huge kind of make a huge difference to them so yeah so you mentioned the agile community Shelby, and your desire to sort of give back to that community tell us a little bit more about that Oh, so one of the good things that Agile does is, is they have what they call a community practice. Um, community practice are basically a group of people with a domain knowledge. So when I say domain knowledge, whether that's Agile, it could be photography, that get together to talk about said subject. In its community practice, you have a set of, you know, loads of people that will come in from different, different angles that want to learn. Right. And because Agile and its methodologies are all about experimenting and adapting and changing and feedback, that's why community practice work, because everybody's got a different idea. Everybody's got a different thought. Everybody doesn't go to the same conference. Everybody doesn't have the same qualifications and learning. 
And so when they come in, they give you that knowledge. And so you learn, you learn something new every day. And for me, that that is paramount. I still believe I'm on the bottom of my agile you know, hill and I've got years to go before I reach the zenith. And even then, I don't even think I'll reach the top because there's just so much out there around Agile. But that community is, is vital because I believe that whatever I learn, I should be able to give back and vice versa because that helps and develops the, the, a community to make them feel stronger. They become better in their practices in whatever they're doing. And then they're giving back. Yeah. And I love that feeling. Love it. I think everybody, regardless... Um, again, it's another one of those things that you think, oh, no, I don't I don't belong to any sort of community, but actually you do. So for those of you that join the Meetup app, you know, and go to any of the Meetups, that actually is a community practice without you realising, a bit like what I said about Kanban and your to-do list, you don't realise you're actually probably doing some of the agile stuff that, that, that's out there. But, yeah, the community is like-minded people getting together to have a great conversation and assisting and helping and, and, and supporting people. That sounds great. And it's great to have that strong community around something, especially as it takes people then from different sectors, different industries and puts them together with commonality. That can be quite a sort of fertile conversation. Totally. And, you know, they always say the only way that we change is by by speaking to other people from varying different backgrounds, diversity. You know, this is why diversity and inclusion is so great because it is different backgrounds, different different people, different knowledges, different age, shapes, race, colours. It, it's it's all there, and you only learn by having that great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I know that your community in particular helped you to form an idea around publishing a podcast. So tell us, how has the podcast idea come about? Because I believe I just not only share my, my knowledge in Wales, I, I joined an Agile meetup group called um, Heart of Scotland Agile. And we, we had a meetup topic called Be More Pirate. So Be More Pirate is, is the topic basically says, yes, the scallywags, and that's how we know them. You know, they used to rob and plunder and steal jewels and drink lots of whiskey. But actually, they had a really good code of ethics and really good code of sort of like conduct. And when we got onto the topic, some of their values, like don't fight first, have a conversation with your your, your fellow shipmate if they've done something to hurt you. When you look at that from a different perspective, it was a conversation. The conversation is what we have in Agile. And so that's how we, we, they say in Pirates, we're quite Agile and that's how we got into the conversation. And uh, one of the conversations then was said, well, if you wanted to be a bit more agile and you were going to do, do something kind of completely pirate and out there, what would you do? And I said, oh, I'd like to do a podcast. Well, before I could even blink and say the next words, I had 12 other pirates on that call saying to me, well, go on, then you need to start your podcast. We're going to give you a date of so-and-so and you've got to do it. And I was a bit like, oh, my God, what are you all about? Sorry, pirates, I, do, I want to kind of jump off the ship and I feel like I'm being bullied. But I wasn't. I wasn't being bullied in no way, shape or form. They were kind of saying to me, well, come on, have the courage of a pirate to do something. You know, they were quite committed to doing things, pirates. If They would follow their captain into wars and follow them to plunder other ships. So my fellow pirates were saying, no, come on, do it. 
And then before you know it, we were talking about title names and everything. And they gave me a date that I had to complete it by, which was last week. Ooh. And lo and behold, I'd kind of gone on a couple of other people's podcasts. And I then set my, my wheels in motion. Um, I kind of wanted to play on my name. So shall be, shall be. And then play on agile. So I was like, shall be agile. And I couldn't make up my, my mind. So I put it out to the community and I got them to vote on it. So they've all voted. And the name of my podcast to be is shall be agile. Have you announced that formally now? No, no, you're that's exclusive. And my thoughts around it are not about, you know, I don't want it to go one specific way or the other. I want to just talk to great people in the community about their journeys, why they love Agile. I want to share my love of Agile, my love of communities, and speak to great people from different industries and different backgrounds about things that they love and they, they do that enable them to do better ways of working, etc. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And and again, congratulations on the starting off on your podcasting journey. It's really exciting. And what, what are you hoping that your podcast will achieve? That somebody actually just likes it. <laughs> I've got no expectation. I don't really, I'd be lying to say I wouldn't like thousands of people to listen to it and it to be a, you know, a great success in the Agile community. But I, I think for me, it's just another medium to to get out what I love. And I think that's my goal, to do something that I love and to get it out there and for other people just to get some benefit from it. Brilliant. I think it's a great channel to do that, to share that sort of knowledge and share that enthusiasm. Your passion for the subject will come over really well, I think, on a podcast. Well, I'm just going to so. come to you about podcasting. You're the queen. <laughs> I li- always listen to your podcast. I think they're amazing. So keep oh, going. Thank you. Oh, I ever, ever emulate your, your podcast, that would be, you know, the success of it, then that is something that I would hope for. Thank you very much. That's very kind. I'm, I, I'm sure you will. Absolutely sure you will. And tell us tell us a little bit about sort of the mechanics. What have you decided to do in terms of recording and publishing? So I bought myself a little studio. Well, it's in my bedroom, really, but the stuff to go in my studio, all secondhand at the moment before I get really technical to bought like a microphone and a mixing desk. My first foray into it is probably going to be via Zoom or Google Meet. And then I'm probably going to put it through the channel of the Anchor app. Right, yeah. Only because it's it's new to me. That's what somebody's recommended as the easiest to use. And then I suppose as I do it more and I get a bit more confidence, I will look to sort of up my game in, in that realm. Yeah, that makes sense. That, yeah, totally. So have you started recording yet? Yeah, I, I recorded my intro about a thousand million times, it felt like, because I was never happy. Just the sound of my voice, just what I was saying, I was just like re-recording, re-recording. And then I think my husband came up about nine o'clock and said, seriously, now that's that's enough. You've done enough. Just pick one. I was like, what about this one? What about the tone on that one? Do you like? And then I, Friday morning, I actually spoke to a very good friend of mine in the Agile realm. He was my first Agile coach. And so he will be my first guest. Lovely. What a great way to start. He was the person that got me there. He was the person that ignited my passion and why I love love Agile. You know, and I still go to him now and I've got some queries and he's like been in the industry 40 years. So ultimately he had to be my first. But I have a list of to-do people. So I've got a load of lists of people. I've literally put on my to-do list all these people and they're, you know, why I want to do them on my to-do list. And they've all gone on this on my Kanban board. 
as my to-do people. Brilliant. Right? Yeah. And I'll move them across my board into Den once I've interviewed them, etc. So tell me, what does a podcaster's Kanban board look like? <gasps> so my Kanban board, to-do. So my to-do is A, set up the systems to go. I've got a, another post-it note that says person. Then I've got another another note that says interview questions. And then my final note says says completion, tidy up, audit, cut, paste, making sure that the podcast sounds audible and it's edited correctly. And then I will work through those before as I go through each podcast. And then as soon as they get to done, those ones that are not person specific, I'll move back to to, de- to doing. Mm-hmm. That's that iterative cycle I was talking about in Agile. As soon as it gets to done, those questions like editing will go straight back into my to-do again for the next round of people that I will look to interview. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And what about the sort of feedback cycle? Have you decided how to build that in? This is probably where my agile coach can help me because I was like, well, how do I get feedback on this? Do I look at the metrics? So also for, for agile, metrics are really important. We, we talk a lot about metrics in, in the agile world. We want to know how the team are performing, not to tell them off, but just see how quick they're going in, in a sprint, whether they've got any problems. And they're good good metrics that I tell management, executive boards, how quick they can pick up another project. So for me, I'd, I'd be looking at metrics that, that Ankh will give me that says people read or what listening to this is X, Y, and Z. And then obviously, if that's not to my satisfaction, I will then look to see why and investigate that. And then try a different, maybe a different media to try and get some other metrics out of that, that I can, so I can improve. Yeah, I think um, it, it, when you find out who's listening to your podcast, just engage with them and talk to them about why they're listening to it and what they like about it. And yeah. you can get some kind of positive pointers from that too, which is really helpful. I can't wait to do that. Can't wait. So are there any other agile techniques you think that podcasters need to know about so they can build it into their sort of podcasting workflow? Actually, I think you probably just covered it a bit. Customer feedback, right? So the one thing that we don't do, and this is an industry thing, it's not just us as individuals, is take feedback quite well. Sometimes we see it as being critical. But actually, for me, I'd rather you give me that feedback, good, bad, and indifferent, because how else am I meant to improve? When I have my teams, and I sit with my teams and say, look, here's your product, it's going to customers. What do you think your customers are going to say about it? You're a customer. I'm a customer anyhow. So if I was going to get that product from you, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to be critical about it. You, you, it's, it's default, right? We are human beings. We have an opinion on everything. And I think feedback at every opportunity, as you just rightly said, would it help me, A, like on my podcast, it's going to help me improve. But I think for everybody in any community, do not be frightened to not go out and get customer feedback because it helps you improve. And I would do it often. And in Agile teams, we do it often, every opportunity. So for us, it's every two weeks. Mm. Every two weeks, we go out to our customers. We get, even if it's a yes, no answer, if it's a no, we then ask you know another set of questions because that helps us drive and deliver better products to our customers all the time. So it's feedback, 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 feedback. Make those feedback loops quick. You don't need to overcomplicate it. And by default, again, businesses tend to overcomplicate questions to customers. 
push yourself out of your comfort zone just because that's what you've always done doesn't mean that's always right yeah I love that that's really great advice brilliant so what does the future hold for you apart from the podcast which I Mm. am excited to see develop uh, and your nomination that has been recently made (laughs) so there's lots going on um where do you think the future is going to take you I still have so much learning to do Mm. there's so many different methodologies out there that I probably could get some more in-depth knowledge about them I think I'd like to do some more talks on the conferencing scene I mean obviously post-virus but I certainly would like to sit there and you know feel confident enough to go up on stage and talk about my passion to, to, to fellow people if I'm successful for the board then it's ensuring that the Scrum Alliance community understands that it's not just about software development. There is a bigger community out there and there are other industries that love Agile and its methodologies. And to get them to sort of make sure that they are supporting those industries and not just IT professionals or software development professionals. And then ultimately, I'd like to write a book. Wow. But... I find it hard even writing my blog. So writing a book is like a long, long journey. That's the ultimate goal, writing a book on Agile and its and its benefits and what it can do for, 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 for people. Yeah. Uh, I think you've got the passion to do it. You'll find a way. Yeah. But that's the long-term goal. Maybe, maybe write a couple, of, maybe a couple, a couple, maybe write a book. Yeah. Brilliant. That would be brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So if someone who's been listening to this podcast feels really enthusiastic about Agile, which I'm suspecting they will, what would be a good place for them to start? How can they find out the basics? How can they learn a bit more? How can they adopt some techniques that will help them in their profession? You kind of want to go online and have a look at those two professional bodies. That's the Scrum Alliance and Scrum Org. They are, you, you know, they're about your qualifications. They're where you're going to get your qualifications from. And they've got some really great reading sources and they will tell you that there's some blogs on both of them. There's good sort of advice and direction and to start the adoption. They obviously lead you to trainers that will give you some physical training. And there's just some other general good information. Then there's people outside of the industry that are kind of veterans. So Mike Cohen, I'm probably not doing his surname or justice. He, he was one of the founders of, of sort of the Agile Realm. He has a great blog and website called Mountain Goat Software. Random name, but is amazing. It's a wealth of information and knowledge. Books, there's loads of, of great books out there. Again, Jeff Sutherland, he's one of the founding fathers as well of, of, of Agile. He's wrote hundreds of books and you just need to type in Jeff Sutherland Agile and it, they will all pop up. There's good communities out there, good community practice. So good meetups all over the UK that, that run our Agile groups. Again, it's a, they go there, they, they talk about everything in the Agile realm. Then LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great source of information. There's lots and lots of good coaches on there. Toby Myers, Jem Demal, myself. And then it depends on what journey you want to go on, right? Because as I said, there's that product ownership realm. There's that Scrum Master realm and then there's the team realm which is the things like developers and testers and business analysts and 
you know, HR belongs in there, finance. They're all people that we call a team in, in the agile realm. So there's lots. Start with the governing bodies first. Yeah, brilliant advice. Okay, and and just to be really clear, if people want to get hold of you after listening to this, what's the best way for them to find you? Oh, LinkedIn probably is from a, from a professional perspective. So Shelby Wilson, Shelby Lou twenty seven on Twitter. I'm I'm open to conversations because I think that the more I can give back to people, or the more people are interested, the more I want to just talk to them. And I know that your your community is. Is, is communication and lots of people will think that communication will never adopt agile but actually communication is is, is is of key importance so if you're at all curious about it just have a look just investigate it and if you want to to find out more and you want a conversation i'm i'm free to do that or free and I'm, I'm pretty certain that if you look in the in the community of Agile, they will have that conversation with you too. Awesome. I've really loved having this conversation with you. It's been fantastic. I love you, Debbie, honestly. Oh, I love you too. It's been great to catch up and have this chat. And I'm definitely going to watch out for that podcast. I'm, I'm watching out for that. I'm going to be on it before you know it. Yeah, I'll be there. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. Bye too. I'd like to say another huge thank you to Shelby for that brilliant conversation. I so enjoyed having the chance to catch up with her and I hope that that conversation was helpful for you too. I love her focus on community and this concept of communities of practice and Shelby's real belief in sharing knowledge and giving back and I'm hoping that this podcast is my way of doing that too. If you'd like to get in touch with me or find out more about the podcast itself, then feel welcome to find me on Twitter at Debbie Aurelius or on LinkedIn as Debbie Aurelius, or you can look at my website, which is peppermintfish.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really is a privilege and a pleasure to be able to share these conversations with you. And I really appreciate you taking the time to listen in. You take care and I'll see you soon. Bye bye for now.